stop singing your praise. No, I'll never stop singing your praise. I'll never stop singing your praise. I'll never stop singing your praise. I'll never stop singing. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I want you to just lift your hands and begin to sing your praise to God. Sing praise to Him this morning. Sing a song from inside of you. Not what we have up here, not what we've been singing, but just praise the Lord this morning. Jesus, we thank you this morning. Father, we worship you this morning. For you are worthy, O oh Lord. You are worthy, O oh God, to receive glory and honor and praise. We worship you, O oh Lord. Yes, we worship you, O oh God, for you are worthy. touch. So I just speak that this morning in Jesus' name. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Receive that healing this morning. Lord, we know that you are capable. You are able. You are a mighty God, full of mercy, full of grace, full of power, full of strength. And Lord, we thank you for that this morning. We thank you, Lord, that as we trust you and trust upon your word and trust upon your power, Lord, and your spirit, Lord. We know that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We know that you are worthy to be praised. And Father, I thank you that we live, if we will put ourselves, I want to read, Father, in your word, you said in Psalms 91, those who live in the shelter of the Most High, everybody say the Most High, will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge. He alone is my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him for he rescues me from every trap, protects me from deadly disease. He covers me with his feathers. He shelters me with his wings. His faithful promises are my armor and protection. I will not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow 
that flies by day. I will not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at my side, 10,000 die around me. These evils will not touch me. I open my eyes and see how the wicked are punished. When I, I make the Lord my refuge, I make the Most High my shelter, no evil will conquer me. No plague will come near my home. For he orders his angels to protect me wherever I go. They will hold me up with their hands. So I won't even hurt my foot on a stone. He will trample the lions and cobras, crush fierce lions and serpents under my feet. The Lord says to me, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When you call on me, I will answer. I will be with you in trouble. I will rescue and honor you. I will reward you with a long life and give you my salvation. Father, we thank you for the promise of your word this morning. We thank you, Lord, that we can trust you and trust your word. So, Father, this morning we just thank you, Lord, for your anointing and your power in our lives, Father, your spirit that lives inside of us, that gives us understanding of your word. And we thank you for that. Lord, we pray this morning that you will, as we open your word up this morning, Lord, that your anointing and that your power and that your strength would be upon us, would come upon us, would fill us, would flood us with your presence. And Lord, that we would have the understanding we need of your word. And Father, we give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I just, first, before I start this morning, I want to say that, you know, the staff and team went to the EFI conference this past week, and, and it, it was an awesome time in the Lord, awesome time for us just to be together and to worship together and, to try, and just the words that were spoken and the things that were said and the things that were done. God just worked in a mighty way, and it was a time of refreshing for us. And I pray you're having a, a good week and a great week. I'm praying you're going to have a greater day. Amen? Hallelujah. And this week is, you know, when you go and you, you hear all this and you hear these words and they're coming to you, you're kind of like, um, how do I process all this all at once? Well, usually you don't. You get it and then God begins to reveal it to you. And there was one thing that was said in one of the sermons that, this sermon came out of and it's about putting your hand to the plow. You know, a lot of us may or may not understand what that means. I, um, understand it a little bit because my, my grandfather and my dad, my grandfather was mostly, he was a farmer. And I know he plowed a lot of fields with a mule and a, one of those hand plows like that. And I was telling, um, I think I was talking to Robert and Darren, maybe in the whole, whole crowd. But I, I remember one time, and I think my dad did that so we could see what it was like. But he went and got a mule, borrowed a mule and got the plow. And he plowed our garden with it. We had a tractor. And then I got to, I was not real big, but I got to stand behind it for a little bit. And I'm telling you, that's something you got to hold on to and you got to look straight ahead. <laughs> Even when things are flying at you, you got to look straight ahead. You know, horses have to stop. I mean, mules have to stop every once in a while. And I, as, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about, you know, putting our hand to the plow and you know what? There's, there's hard things about that, and there's kind of easy things about it. The fact is, that, that mule or that horse or 
cat, whatever you got pulling you is doing most of the work. But you got to hold on to it, and you keep, you're the one that guides it, keeps it straight, and you got the ones that when it wobbles and when it hops over a rock and all that kind of stuff. You got to be strong, but he's the one pulling the weight. So this sermon is taken out of Luke 9, and as I was listening to this, this is all about, as much as anything, the call to the ministry. Or the calling upon our lives. We're all in ministry, right? It's the calling upon our lives. And how we respond to that. So I'm going to read this. I may stop a couple of times. But Luke 9, starting in verse 57. As they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. Now, how many people have said that? (laughs) Over the years. Lord, I'll follow you wherever you go. But Jesus had an immediate reply. It's kind of like, okay. And he said, foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. That mean he wasn't going to sleep? No. I think Jesus, you know, some, some commentaries say, well, Jesus was testing. But let me say this, that um. In essence, I think Jesus said, I'm not going to be here in one place. In other words, this person that called out is making a commitment. I'm going to follow you wherever you go. And he's letting me say, look, you're not going to be able to run back to your house every night and sleep in your own bed. Because I'm going to be moving on and I'm traveling. And wherever I go, there may be a place to lay ahead and there may not. But it definitely might, won't be your bed. Right? He's saying it's not going to be the comfort of what you've been used to. In other words, you're not going to, if you follow me, you're not going to have that permanent place to go back to every night. So he's letting, he's letting him know, Jesus was letting him know the full cost of his commitment. You going to be committed? then you're going to be committed. But this is what it's going to take. So when we follow the call of the Lord, or when we see things going on, we go, yeah, I'll follow you. I'll go wherever you go. Well, I don't know that this guy was expecting to hear that. He probably was expecting to hear, well, come on, let's go. But he didn't know that. And we don't know what happened. It's, it's not, we're not told in the Word whether he followed Jesus or whether he didn't or whether he hung his head and went back home and said, I can't do that. I can't make that kind of commitment. I thought I could, but I can't. We don't know that. Then it says, and then as they went along, Jesus said to another person, come follow me. The man said, he agreed, but he said, Lord, first let me return home and bury my father. And Jesus told him, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. Now, again, in the commentaries, a lot of them, majority of them agree that this man meant, I want to go home and take care of my father until the day he dies, and then I'll do that. Hmm. I want to go home and take care of my father, take care of my dad, and then I'll be able to do that. Let's see, Jesus wasn't looking for that kind of commitment. He's like, if you're ready to go, let's go. If I'm ready to make a stand for Christ, let's go. But, you know, and and, and God just wants us to be willing. He didn't necessarily say that's what was going to happen, but he said, if you're going to follow me, then would you got to give it all. You got to say, look, I'm ready to follow you, whatever it takes. And I know in my life when I accepted Christ and I began to make a stand for Jesus and I, be, I had to make a stand. I was a young man. I was 18, <laughs> a kid. But I had to make a stand. In other words, I had to say, this is what I'm following now. 
I can't follow the path that I used to. Did everybody in my life agree with that? No. Did everybody in my family agree with that? No. But I knew I had to make that step, and I went that direction. And a lot of people around me did not like that. They liked me the way I was. But I decided to put my hand to the plow and go forward. Thank the Lord that I did. Thank the Lord that he has brought me from place to place. I didn't know it would take me 325 miles away from my home. I did return back, but he did that because guess what? He said, I, I got to show you something, and I got something to teach you, and this is where you got to go to get taught at. So I did. So it says, let the spiritually dead dare, bury their dead. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. And then another one said, yes, Lord, I will follow you, but first let me say goodbye to my family. But Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. And again, in the, in the commentary, it's more like, let me go home and take care of my family. Then when my family gets older and it all settles up, then I'll come and I'll follow you. When I get through with my life, I'll follow you. But that doesn't way, that's not the way it works in the kingdom of God. I believe, I know in my life, God gives you opportunity to do that. It won't mean that you're not taking care of your family, but he's saying you've got to be willing if I call you to go, no matter what. And think about how many excuses have people made over the years not to follow God? Even, even I, I've met people that have been called into the ministry and they said, I just couldn't do it. And they're miserable because they knew that was a calling on their life, but they weren't willing at the time to make the sacrifice it took to do it. To, to, to say, your life is going to be different from now and your family life is going to be different. Things are going to be different. You're going to be pulled to do this, but I'm wanting you to do this. And as, as we walk through our lives, as I walk through my lives, I had to make decisions. There were all kinds of decisions that came up that did, they didn't, the decisions like in my work, it didn't say you do this or quit following God, and, and it almost did. But then I was like, you know what? If I want to follow the calling on, on my life, God, I can't do this anymore. And you know how many times I've heard, you could be retired right now and you could have a lot of money and you could be sitting on a beach somewhere and you could be doing this. Well, I'd be miserable. Might not even be alive. I don't know. But all I know is I had to follow God's calling. And guess what? I'm, I'm satisfied. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with what God has done with my life. You know, it's always, I will follow you, but... You know, but's one of the biggest words that there is in the English language. I will, but you just got to let me do it my way, Lord. Well, that ain't going to work. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, the old Frank Sinatra song, I did it my way. You don't need to do it your way. You need to do it his way. Whatever way that is. I'm not telling you what way that'll be, but I'm saying you better do it God's way. And we learn along the way how we're supposed to do it. So the bottom line is this. We have to keep our eyes focused ahead towards Jesus. Focused ahead towards him. There will be many obstacles side to side, backwards, right? But we have to keep our eyes focused on him and on his purpose and on his calling for our lives. Once we put the hand to the plow, we better not look back. Because I'm going to tell you, even in running our, our modern day plow that would be similar to that is a, we used to call them Mary Tillers because I think they're the first ones that invented it, but Tillers. You know, everybody know what a Tiller is? It's got a, a, usually a five horsepower engine most of the time, and it's got these tines on it, and you crank that thing up. Well, I'm telling you, <laughs> when you grab hold to it, you better grab hold to it. And if you want to make a straight row, you better look ahead. Because, you know, it, like I said, it, it, it hits rocks. It hits things. But you're the one that's got to keep it on this, that path. Keep walking that straight path. 
And there have been times when I've run them and I have to back up and start over because I didn't hold it good or I got distracted. I still use one even when it's hot and it's not fun. So looking over your shoulder slows you down, right? How many of you have ridden a bike or ride a bike? You know, if you're riding a bike and you try, it's, you go, usually you slow down a little bit. Hopefully you do. Because if you look this way, how long does it take something to be in the way? Are you to get twisted off and twisted off? Um, even driving a car or anything like that. You know, you turn around. Um, you misjudge something. But you got to keep your eyes focused to where you're going, especially if you're riding on an interstate where there are tons and tons of cars. Are you riding on one of these streets up here during rush hour? There's so much going on, you, you don't have a good option. That's why they tell you not to text and drive. Looking over your shoulder slows you down. Looking to what once was. You know what? When you get to traveling, you thought, man. You get to following God's path. You thought, I wonder if it had been easy back then. I wonder if it had been better if I would have just kept doing what I was doing. I'm here to say no, it would not have. But, you, you know, when you're traveling it, you don't know. When you're traveling it, you think, well, it was kind of easy back then. And the other thing, you have to give up whatever it is that draws your attention away from your purpose. You have to give up whatever that draws your attention away from your purpose. You know, things that draw our attention away are things that happen on a daily basis. Maybe you're, still in, you're in your job. It can draw your attention away from what God has for you to do if you allow it to. That's why you have to be intent. You have to, to um, be intent on Bible study. You have to be intent on prayer. You have to be, no matter what happens, if you have to get up earlier, get up earlier. That's my time. I love being up early in the mornings, and, 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 and that's my time with the Lord. So we have to be intentional about that, and we have to give up whatever it is that draws. We, we almost need a place that has no electronics. Right? Because if you got your phone, and it goes beep, 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 mine goes you have a message. You're going to wonder what that message is. What, it, what is that message? That's a distraction. That's a distraction that pulls away. So we got to give up whatever it is that draws our attention from our purpose. You know what? If that's what draws your attention from the purpose of God, if it's your phone, then you need to hide it for a while. While you're, especially while you're, while you're seeking God. And, and we kind of talked about this earlier, but looking away causes you to what? Veer off your path. You know what's really one of the probably easiest things I ever, ever drove or whatever that's easier to veer off the path is a boat. Especially a boat going fast. Because it takes one second. To look away, and you don't know where you're at, right? You can veer off the path really, really fast. You know, but if you're focused on what you're doing, I, I want to share a story with you. When I was in Africa, they took us from where we were staying, which is on the Atlantic coast. We were at the mouth of this big river. And so they wanted to take us to this village down in the bush, they call it, we were already kind of in the bush, but this was further in the bush. And they put us in a, a homemade hauled out boat, canoe thing. And it took us two and a half hours to get to where we were going. And these two guys that were doing the boat, they never looked back at us. They never looked at I remember thinking about these guys are tough. Because for two and a half hours, they rode that boat, and they never stopped. 
And we went straight as an arrow till we got to where we were going. And I thought about this. You know, <clears throat> these guys were determined. And they never, and something we should do, they never lost their focus. Now, we didn't know at first, but they were taking us to a headhunter village. I might have wanted to jump out before I got it if I'd have known that. And just another little story, but when we got to the shore, they sent a, they called him a runner. And he ran, it's a mile and a half down in the bush. And he ran back and he's like, they have fixed you a meal. And the guys, the guys were like, you have to eat it. And we're like, hmm. We didn't have hand sanitizer in 1988 that I know of. We had to wash everything in iodine and water. And so one of the guys just sat down. He said, I can't do it. I said, we have to do it. And he said, I just don't know. I said, well, do you want your head hung on a tree? You can't offend these people. The good thing is most of them were Christians. But so we did go, and it was the best tasting meal we had while we were there. It was fish and cassava greens, and it was really good. So we never have, we can never lose focus. I was thinking of a field goal kicker, football team. If he's going to hit those through the uprights, guess what he's got to do? Be focused. And you know what the other team does, especially if it's towards the end of the game, right when he gets ready to cook, what, cut, kick, what do they do? Call timeout. And all of a sudden that focus that was on that ball is like... So he, you know what he has to do? He's got to back up and he's got to refocus. He can't lose focus. He's got to keep his eye on that ball. He's got to focus on that ball. And you know, you've seen the football games they get ready to cook it and kick it and the wind blows it off. They got to back up and do it again. And any specific task that God has for us to do, we can't lose focus on it. See, in our walk with him and in our walk through, through, through this Christian life and through ministry, is there are different tasks that have to be done along the way. And I will say this too, we got to keep our eyes on the task at hand, not think about the next one or the one behind us and how it turned out, but just keep going and keep that straight task. Another thing I thought about, because... I was thinking about a tightrope walker. I'll say one thing. That's something I could, the Lord would have to really <laughs> boom me to make me do that. And I think about the guy, when I go to Nicaragua and see that volcano that's active, and think about this guy that walked across it. Well, you know what? His eyes were on the other side. And he kept his focus. And he was a Christian, and he prayed all the way across that thing. And I'm th when, I, when you go and those of you been, you look down in that thing, you're like, mm -mm, buddy. I mean, it, especially when it's active and it's never lose. You can never. You should never lose focus. You got to keep your eyes on Him and on what God has called you to do. And verse 62 in the message says this. Jesus said, no procrastination. How many of you, and you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you are procrastinators? How many of you have, <laughs> I see people raising other people's hands. How many of you, no procrastinators? And it's like, have you done that yet? Well, no, I was just kind of waiting. I know a couple of people. I won't mention any names. I mean, but Procrastination. God said, you got to make a decision now. I'm saying, see, the thing is, Jesus was, he was just walking through the village. He's keeping rolling. You got to make your decision. You coming or not? Hey, you coming? He wasn't standing around waiting on them to come, right? I had to have focus to walk across that. But, um, and then it says, no backward looks. In other words, don't be looking backwards at what, could have been what should have been what you thought would have been and what you wanted it to be no backward looks and he says you can't put God's kingdom off till tomorrow seize the day you can't put off what God's called you to do till tomorrow because I believe if you do you miss steps you miss tasks along the way that are learning places we're, we're, we're going through places that we learn 
what God has for us to do. Man, how much learning have we had to do? How much learning have I had to do over the last 20, January would be 20 years. And I'm like, Lord, how much have I had to learn? How many steps have I had to make? You know, um, you have to seize the day. When it's time, you have to grab hold of it. When God says do something, you grab it and go hold of it. Get hold of it and do it. <clears throat> you know, in doing, in doing work and in doing things, and, and when, working with electricity, there's a time to do it, and you got to do it right then. You got to do it then. Not later on. And you can't wait till you get things in order. Well, Lord, just let me get my things in order and I'll do it. He didn't say that. He said, come on. See, we want to go ahead and let's get everything right and then I'll serve you. It's not going to work that way. You won't get the full potential out of what he wants you to do. Because you missed all that time of getting things in order. And I'm not telling you that you neglect your family or anything like that. But you do what God has told you to do. And guess what? He'll provide whatever's needed, however it's needed, and whenever it's needed. So when God calls you, you're to follow him wholeheartedly without any distraction and any delay. We're to follow him wholeheartedly. What does that mean? With every part of your heart. With every part of who you are, you're following God. God, I'm, I'm here. I'm in it for the long haul. You remember that? A lot of people used to say that. I'm in it for the long haul. I'm in it till Jesus comes back or till I go home first or whatever happens. I'm in it. And I'm not backing out. And I'm not backing out. And I'm not going to allow distractions to take me away from what he's going to do. Do I have distractions in my life? Yes. But I, don't, I can't allow them to pull me away from what he wants to do. Am I perfect in that? No. But I strive to be as perfect in that as I can. To go forward in him. To go forward and do what he says to do. And not allow the distractions of life to pull me away. You know, I've talked to people that I knew that, that accepted Christ when I did. We used to be in ministry together, and I've seen some of them, and I said, how's things going? Well, I, you know, I just, I had to do this, and I had to do that, and, I had to, and they've totally pulled out of ministry. They were miserable because they didn't keep their eyes focused. They allowed dis distractions of life to pull them away from what God called them to do. God... has not called us half, to be half-hearted. And you know, the times when things are just crazy and I just want to go home, I just want to quit something, you know, that hits me every once in a while, but I can't and I won't. You know, the times I want to turn over in the bed to Peggy and say, do we have to go to church this morning? It's just, not, it's just one of them days. But I can't do it. You know what? God comes through every single time. So the best way to go continually straight is to focus on what is ahead of you. What God has ahead of you. Focus on that. And don't keep looking in the rear view mirror. If you're driving your car and you keep looking in the rear view mirror... You look back too much. Because it takes how many seconds for something to happen? I'll tell you something that happened to me. And this is a big thing for me to admit this. But I was coming up here um, two weeks ago, I guess. Was it last week? I don't even remember. But I'm coming around near where Darren lives. I go up through there so I can miss all the traffic. And they just paved a new section of the road, and it was raining. And so I usually slow down because it speeds up to 55 right there. But, you know, I, I try to keep it slow to get around this curve. And, well, I wasn't going slow enough. And I started hydroplaning. And you, normally I can whoop right back out of those things because I learned that back in the day. But this, it didn't happen this day. <laughs> and I went, thank the Lord wasn't a car coming. Went all the way, all the way down, slid down to the ditch. And, you know, and lo and behold... Somebody I know saw it happen. How embarrassing. 
It was Rosalie. So she calls me, Pastor Bill, are you okay? I said, yeah, are you going to get out? So I, I finally got out and um, didn't harm the car, didn't hurt nothing or anybody, hit a tree. But it, that's how quick something can happen. And I, I, I'm sure something distracted me not to look at what I was doing. I was going too fast, you know, whatever the case may be. I might have been looking in the rearview mirror. And now I have backup cameras and people, I use them a little bit just to make sure there's no little kids right in front of me, but I have to use my mirrors. I was trained that way. My dad was a truck driver, so he taught me to use mirrors. So don't keep looking in the rearview mirror. You know, when he told the, the guy to, um, you know, it basically God's saying, don't be concerned about this. Don't be concerned about that. If you follow me, I'll take care of it. So a person who's more concerned with earthly issues is not ready for use in God's purpose. What? If you're more concerned about earthly issues, you're not ready to go forward. Because when God calls you, you have to trust him to provide. No matter what happens, no matter what's going on, no matter how you look at it like, oh, Lord, just to give you an example, when, when I quit a job that was going to cause me to have to give up a lot of following Christ. It wasn't a bad thing. It was just the time consuming. When I did that, I went down from, and thank the Lord I was single because it would have been even harder to do if I hadn't have been single. But I knew I had to do it. I don't think I would have not done it. God would have taken care of me. I would have done what I had to do. But I went from making what I was making to making $20 a week. Thank the Lord I had my truck paid for. And God showed, during that time, God showed me how he provides so much. I mean, I'm just going to tell you. I knew I, made the, I had made the right decision. Even though every, most people in my life thought I was crazy. But when they, they you know, they basically told me, you got to give up this and you got to give up this. Because we're going to send you up to all our plants everywhere that we have one. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And I was like, I, mm-mm. I can't do that. And God took me on the course that I'm on now because of that. Matthew 6, 31 through 34. I don't have that back there, Kevin. So it says, so don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. In other words, I'll take care of you. I totally believe if you follow God, he will provide what you need. He'll provide you if if it's a job you need, if it's whatever you need. He will provide you with it. Amen. He'll provide you. And you know what? Since that time, I've never been hungry. You know what I'm saying? Like starving hungry and didn't have the money. So putting your hand to the plow, it's a lifetime commitment. It's a lifetime commitment, complete and unconditional surrender to the purposes and the will of God. Look, when you make that commitment, it's a lifetime commitment. That's what Jesus was saying. This is not a 30-day Stint. This is not a 20-day stint. This is not a 10-year stint. This is for life. So if you're going to follow me, follow me because this is a lifetime commitment. And no matter what it is he asks you to commitment or no matter where he asks you to commit to it, you have to follow him. But you have to realize it's unconditional surrender to the purposes and the will of God unconditional oh Lord I'll do it if you just that's what these people were doing if you just allow but if you just allow God I'm going to follow you whatever you know I found out that God's asked me to do something and to follow him and I've done it 
And it wasn't what I thought. I thought I was going to have to give up everything I had, but I didn't. You got to just follow him and trust him. And you know, when we talk about surrender to the purposes of God, did you know that God created you for a purpose? And he gave you the desires and the abilities for that purpose? He's not going to call you to something that he didn't give you doesn't give you the ability and you and I believe if first you don't have the desire you'll get the desire he created you that way he put the desire and the ability to fulfill your call, calling from birth you know Psalms 139 13 you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb if he did that he knew exactly what he was making you for right he knew exactly, and he put that ability in it. And then in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. The purpose I put inside of you is to give you a future and a hope. And if you will follow the purpose that he has given you and not your own purpose or somebody else's purpose for you, guess what? He's promised you a future and a hope. And I, he will give you what you need to accomplish that purpose. I know that the things that God has put inside of me, the, the, they were put inside of me for a reason and purpose. The talents that I have, there's a purpose and a reason for it. So in, in, in God's calling and in his following we have to be intentional we have to be intent on his purposes for us we have to be intentional in heading that direction you know today are you intentional are you very intent in you to follow God's calling no matter where he carries you no matter where he takes you no matter what he asks you to do see listen to this statement your hand to plow is a straightforward, determined, and completely sold-out position of effective service for our king. When you put your hand to the plow, it's a straightforward, determined, and completely sold-out. I'm sold out to Jesus. I'm sold out to his service. I'm sold out to his purpose in my life. No matter what that is and no matter where it carries me, I'm sold out to it. And I will do whatever he asks me to do whenever he asks me to do it. And, you know, sometimes we think, well, you know, that's hard. It, it may be, but it won't be as hard as not doing it. Right? And guess what? He will give you what you need to do it. He will give you the strength. He will give you the ability to do it. He's already given you ability. It said in, we just read about that. He put that purpose in your life. He created you in the womb. And while he was creating me, he said, I want to need Bill Knight. He, he's going to do this, so he's going to need this, and he's going to need this, and I'm knitting him together to be that person that I've called him to be. And it's the same for every one of you. It's the same for everyone. Hallelujah. So I want to read Luke 9, 57 through 62 in the Passion. And listen what it says. It says, on their way, someone came up to Jesus and said, I want to follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, yes, but remember this. Even animals in the field have holes in the ground to sleep in, and, and birds have their nest. But the Son of Man has no place to lay down his head. And, and it says, you know, I, I want, think about this. He just said that. This guy asked him. He just said it. Jesus didn't even give him time to answer, did he? Because it says, Jesus then turned to another said, come be my disciple. So either he knew what that guy, um, he knew that guy's answer, I guess. He knew that guy was either going to make the right decision or not. It doesn't say anything else about that. So it may be that he decided, no, I can't do that. He wasn't expecting Jesus to say that. He was probably expecting, well, just come on, follow me. Yeah, just follow me. He says, come be my disciple. He replied, someday I will, Lord. But allow me first to fulfill my duty as a good son and wait until my father passes away. 
Someday I will. Now, my dad might live 20 more years, and if he does, then I'll follow you. But if not, then I'll follow you in 10 years. And then Jesus told him this. Don't wait for your father's burial. Let those who are already dead wait for death. As for you, go and proclaim everywhere that God's kingdom has arrived. You know, I often wonder, these two guys, what did they do? Did they do what Jesus said or did they just go? I, sometimes I wonder if they just, these examples, they didn't do it because we never hear about them again. I don't know. And they may have, but we don't know that. But then I think about me, where would I be if I didn't follow his call? And it said, still another one. So another one comes up. Lord, I want to follow you too. So there was a, a barrage of people coming around him. I want to follow you. Yes, you, can I go? Can I go? I want to go. I want to go. And then they're hearing all these answers. And some of them say, well, I thought it might be easier. Still another said to him, Lord, I want to follow you too. But first, let me go home and say goodbye to my entire family. So here's another what? Another but. You know, I want to say, don't ask a question you don't want an answer to. Right? Or a true, truthful answer. And Jesus responded, Why do you keep looking back to your past and have second thoughts about following me? If you turn back, you are not fit for the kingdom, for God's kingdom. second thoughts why do you keep looking to your past you know and some people never do because they said look what I used to be look how terrible I was how could I serve you God how could I do you any good is your hand to the plow are you going forward with what God has called you to do you say, well, I made so many mistakes. Well, grab the plow and keep going. Whenever I'm plowing and I mess up, I just have to back up, get back in the dirt again. And then this next time when I, I know that something's coming, I'm just going to hold on steady and go forward. We have to do that, guys. God has called each one. We each one in this building, each one of us that have, we, we've got a call upon our life. And it's all different. Every one of us has a different calling. We're to be this or we're to be that. Or can we be this or can we be that? But we have to be willing to follow God. We have to be willing to walk in what he's called us to do. And when we do, we will find the peace that we need to find. You know, everyone, Mike, when, when you, Ruby and, and you decided to step out and to do Mephibosheth Farms, it wasn't an easy step. I'm sure you had questions and, and you had things, but you put your hand to the plow. How long has it been now? 22 years. And you kept your hand to the plow. You followed what God said to do. 22 years. Well, I didn't realize it had been no. <laughs> Time flies, as they say. When you're having fun. And I believe you have fun when you serve God. Amen? Praise the Lord. Let's stand this morning. Wow. I want to tell you this morning that God is able. And God will do whatever he says he will do. And when you decide to follow him, he will give you what you need. And you may say, well, I don't know about that. Well, you'll never know until you try. You'll never know until you make that commitment to follow him. Bow your heads this morning. Father, I thank you for every person in this room. I thank you for the calling and the anointing upon their lives, Father. And I pray, God, that if, 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 if we all aren't following you the way we should, if we're not following that calling, Father, that we will get back into the place. Grab that plow and look ahead and do what you've called us to do. Father, those of us who are on that track, 
I pray that we will not allow the distractions of life to pull us away from the calling of God upon our lives. No matter how small we might think it is, no matter how big we might think it is. Thank you, Father God, for calling us, for filling us, for giving us your purpose in life. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for that calling upon our lives. Father, I praise you and thank you for this day. I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for your power. I thank you for your word. And Lord, that we would follow the path of your word forever and ever. And I thank you the path you have us on, Lord, that we will stay in that path. So Father, I just pray your anointing and your power on every person here, Lord, to, to, to continue to follow you, to make that commitment and to follow you. Father, I thank you and praise you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your truth. And I give you praise and glory and honor in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. I want to just have a couple of things I want to pray for. Um, I pray for Darren and his family to have some issues and pray for um, <clears throat> Kathy Zapazotti, who's going for her other knee replacement. That, that all goes great and well. Praying for Celia's brother who's coming home Tuesday. Praise the Lord. That's awesome, uh, an awesome thing. Um, pray for my, my cousin. Uh, she just lost her husband, and we pray for, we've been praying for them. Let's just lift them up in prayer. And he, he, was, he knew Jesus, so he's, he's good now. And let's just pray for that. And let's just pray for those and any and all those, Lord. Father, we thank you right now in Jesus' name for your healing power touching our lives and touching the lives of these people. Give them peace. Give them understanding, Lord. Thank you for touching Sears' brother Bob. Thank you for touching his life, Lord, and healing his body, Lord. We just lift up Darren and Rosalie and the kids to you, Father. Just touch them and touch that household. We come against the, 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 the spirit of sickness, Lord. We come against that in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are our healer. You're our deliverer, and we lift up the Oates family to you, Lord, and pray that you would give them peace and understanding in this time. And Father, I thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. It's been a great day in the house of the Lord again, Image Church. Thank you for being here. Thank you for making the time to be a part of our fellowship today. Wanted to take a moment to let you know about some of the exciting things that are coming up.